0: A brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a citadel. With the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The, ter- the first two verses, I felt like... um they were good. I don't, I don't know if it's a part of the same proverb. It's three verses that... That the fruit of a man's mouth... His stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it... Will eat its fruit. I have to wonder what that means. It's Proverbs 18. A lot of people like to quote the verse... That power of life and death are in the tongue, and then they put a totally different twist on it. But these other verses that go with it, that surround the rest of the proverb, those three, those three verses, they're saying something. I'd like to know what you think. You can write to me at the Zero Hour Podcast, or I'm sorry, why do I keep doing that? The Zero for Hire Podcast. Good morning to you. I am. Um, thinking about the power of life and death in the tongue <clears throat> as it pertains to what we're able to create um how we deal with each other in our relationships and um I feel like I had somewhere to go with this originally Ah yes, I remember the creative power of the imagination and the creative power of our words. I don't want to take a mystical approach, but we're gonna because we need to do part two of music is magic here on the zero hour or the zero for Higher podcast. I've been doing this for like three years saying the zero hour for three years. So you gotta, you have to forgive me last time I gave, I laid out a lot of where I wanted to go with this concept and, um, I had to do that so I could just jump right in with this other stuff. So, I'm going to use mystical terms. I'm going to be very straightforward about things. And if there's any confusion, please feel free to write to me on Telegram or here on Substack and we'll clear up any confusion you might have. And um we will try to we'll try to open up other lines of communications, but that's what I have right now. So, I started researching the concept of magic in the music and I had a bunch of tabs open here so let's see what we can get first thing I got <clears throat> was a series of videos there's a guy on YouTube by the name of IC real with a with a, a video called the dark secrets of the music industry and believe me there are plenty more I currently have about two hours worth on my YouTube playlist to listen to and I, I'm not exactly sure where they're going to go This is one of those things where everybody promises a rabbit and then you jump down that rabbit hole and a lot of times there's no rabbit. Um, This is also another thing where I feel like people get themselves worked up into a frenzy. They often make up things. And so it's hard to really nail down what you're getting. You have to consider where information is coming from uh, and who information is coming from. And I'll tell you, when it comes to magic and new age you get a lot of people who are just generally confused. They live in confusion. The the magic, and New Age people, are marked by confusion. And I started experiencing this, um, back in 2012. I want to say maybe maybe a little soon somewhere somewhere around 2012, when I was uh, really getting heavy into th- learning theology and talking, you know, t- talking to other Christians and um, starting to find out that a lot of charismatics, especially, especially non-denominational charismatics, are actually New Age. They believe a lot of things that New Age people believe. And there's, some, there's a syncretism there, uh, um, a synthesis or a blending of New Age belief and Christian sayings. Not necessarily biblical sayings, but just like taking some Christian sayings and applying different meanings to them in order to fit this theology. A lot of it comes from the word of faith theology, which kind of creeps into some things. And so I thought it would be good to open with that because a lot of this circles around words and thoughts. Now I know I said that's this is gonna be music is magic. But I'm I'm throwing some ideas out here as as more of a basis. There's an article in USA Today um, from a when was this made? It was, oh, this is actually this year, January fifteenth of this year, and it's the, the, the title of the article is How to Manifest: Follow These Three Steps to Get the Benefits of Manifesting. So, manifesting basically this manifesting is the secret. It's willing things into existence, but you can't just will them. There's a fantastic set of videos by a YouTuber named James Jani, J-A-N-I, The Dark Side of New Age Gurus, I believe it's called, where he talks about the secret, he talks about where these ideas came from, the the authors of these concepts, and, and, and how it was basically created by a con man and by con men and then he has a few other videos that tie into mlms hustle culture videos and cults and and over the course of watching his videos you start to see they all stream to the same area and they all come from the same source And, and this is on that concept so according to this usa today article um let's see is there anybody that they quote here um just the principles, uh, American spiritualists from the 1850s, Andrew Jackson Davis, manifesting has been praised by everyone from Ralph Waldo Emerson to Oprah Winfrey, who's very much into the New Age stuff. And uh, it says, experts say understanding what manifesting is and what it's not is crucial to being able to recognize its impact on one's life and un- and unlocks its potential For a more purpose-driven goal setting. So let's just talk about it. It says, what is manifesting? It gives a little bit of breach. These are the three steps. Clearly define what you want. So clearly defining your goals. uh, Breaking it down into small achievable steps. then keeping those goals at the forefront of your mind. That's goal setting. Uh, Working on whatever is within your control. Okay? And then step three is making marking progress and appreciating success along the way so this has nothing to do with words or manifesting this actually has more to do with a frame of mind and goal setting they're using that new age speak i might have got got with this article but I, i wanted to open with that because uh, I, I'm starting to understand that a lot of what we refer to, or what a, a lot of what people refer to as magic, we've kind of decoded in our modern culture. There are things that used to be considered magic, used to be considered a magical force or supernatural or magical, that we no longer think of that way. I told you about the YouTube IC Reel. He breaks it down as words being spells and and so what he does is in his first video he gets into some really really bad etymology um, and people do this thing where they take they take words and it's like well, it sounds like it comes from this and and they have sometimes like a false history because the words have the same root words or whatever. And, and it fits their meaning so they say when you put letters together what they they they're, te- they're teaching you to spell see is spelling and when you put the words together in a certain order you're casting spells it's just like yeah that's that's also true these are things i call also true but it does it's like when something is true but it doesn't make the point that you're trying to make this Is what i call also true so ic real starts his video on that really bad train of etymology. Of you are learning how to do what? Spell. That's right. They say is spell it. You put words together. But. Also true works on both sides. Because what he's saying has some truth to it. The way that you put your words together. Have an effect. They have a psychological effect on people. They have an effect on your mood. How you interact with the world around you. And. Um, as. Many people believe, the even the Bible says, that the power of life and death is in the tongue. That scripture talks about your belly will be satisfied by the fruit of your mouth. Now, I tend to lean into, it. it, it has more to do with how you talk to people and what you talk about. But again, this is in that same realm. This isn't magically casting spells but it's using your words wisely the bible says that christians who are judged will be judged by every idle word that comes out of our mouth so again that reinforces this idea of being wise with your words being careful with your words now it could be that there are some powerful effects to our speech and we should be aware of that but there are people who will seek to manipulate that and who seek to weaponize that and When I think about people who are manipulating a form of power, that's what I think about when I think of casting spells and of course magic now for those for for spell casting and for magic, you expect a supernatural source to come from it, and there's an element there. But what I believe we have with music and um even with psychological wordfare or warfare, using your words effectively. It all starts just like the manifesting. It starts with your frame of mind and with an orientation and with your intention. One of the things that I started doing years ago was I decided that I was going to arrange my words in such a way where they would be pointed and they would be powerful. You ever heard of power words or power phrases? I would say things that would have a more poignant effect on people, especially in certain situations. So, you know, getting people to take responsibility, using you and yours. Or um, my, wa- my wife actually does this whenever she can't find something and she thinks it's my fault. She'd say, what did you do with this thing? It's like okay first you're on the wrong The the whole premise is is wrong Like I didn't do anything Because no you lost it You know and that's really what she's saying The way that you use your words Kind of shape your intentions and your reality And so in a way I see real is correct Your words are like spells Now when you start reading If you've ever gotten into it And I don't suggest you do if you haven't But when you start reading witchcraft Blogs Um, I've, I've looked at some videos to see what people have to say and they just very rudimentary level. They talk about repeating phrases, um, saying what you want clearly and just repeating it, Uh, talking to yourself, uh, telling yourself ideas, uh, declaring statements, making declarative statements, calling things into being, Verbally, and it's very important to these people that you do it verbally. And it's not just important to beginners in Wiccan and witchcraft. It's important to people in New Age and, believe it or not, the prosperity gospel. This whole orientation of thinking believes that you have to say things verbally in order to manifest a reality. Now, again, I contend that when it comes to magic in spell casting that there needs to be a supernatural force so the the thing that's a little bit different about it with christians is that christians tend to believe that the words that they speak have the authority of god or the authority of christ behind it and so they're saying i declare these things to be in the name of jesus they think that's how it works and maybe in some situations things do work that way, but I don't think it's an across-the-board. I don't think it's like a promise of God. But that's how it's understood. And in effect, it's the same as spellcasting and magic. They're just changing the orientation of the source. You're saying, I'm declaring things to be the same way that magicians and wizards claim things to be, but with a different power source. So that's the concept. Words our spells now i heard this concept from someone else who wasn't in the music industry and I see real he he's he sets a he sets the tone for that conversation even with the bad etymology about how we write and how we spell he does hit on some basic truths about words having power um the way that you spell words having power um where words come from, the orientation, the intention. I think he there is some truth there, but of course there's some things he's confused about. But he does hit on some echoes of things that I've studied in the past and heard in the past, looking into this stuff. And one of those things is repetition. I, mean, I said earlier, repeating words and phrases. Um, we talk about that in... When we're talking about people who cast spells, they repeat words and phrases for a reason. And I believe it's all linear. You get your mind frame right, or your frame of mind, and your orientation, and you're really directing all of your mental energy, all of your willpower in that direction. It kind of starts with your with your frame frame of mind. A lot of people talk about your frame of mind as if it's magical in itself. You know, like if you want if you want to do something, then you have to really believe it, and you have to have your reasons why. And they try to get psychological with you, especially in the business and marketing world. Um, I read a I read a book recently that was talking about music and getting your mindset right, and really understanding why you want to do things and People are very intentional about your mindset. Because then that that kind of dictates how you orient your words. I think it has a little more to do with psychology. But I want to let people have what they have. And at least we, they have an understanding of how this works. The arrangement, the mindset, that sets the repetition. The repetition is really I think what gets people to believe things are happening and it gets you to work toward that reality. It's a process I call the creative power of the imagination. Is if you can imagine it, then you can put that idea into a plan. And then that plan is something that you incrementally start to work at until it becomes a reality. It's not magic, but it's a process. And part of the process for music is included here. What's your intentions what are the words, What are what's the outcome, what's the goal in mind, how do we get there? So let's start looking at it like that, and then I'll come back and cover some more of the supernatural elements of it. One of the things and ideas that I hear a lot about is the repetition. Why? Because repetition is one of the things... Um, how do we put it? It, it? It's one of the one of the foundational elements of hypnotism. Hypnotism is a way of again focusing your mind toward a certain reality. Sometimes the the problem that you're trying to solve really is all about your mindset or changing your habits or changing your, your mind or the way you believe something. Sometimes you just believe the wrong things and if you can rearrange your thoughts in a certain way, how you understand a few facts, you can change things down the line it's like the rudder of a ship you know so that's what hypnotism does but hypnotism also numbs the mind and makes the mind less defensive and more open to suggestion the only way that a mind can be open to suggestion is if it's relaxed if if you're not on guard there has to be a large amount of trust and if you have a mind that is resistant to hypnotism, then you're never going to plant those ideas. And so, the way that songs work as magic is with those layers in mind. You have a bunch of people in the room, or, or you yourself, let's say uh, you, and, you and a couple friends, you really like this song, you hear it, it's repetitive it sets a tone now the tone is set usually by the music the drums the chord progression the style the, t- the t- tempo of the music and it and it kind of gets you emotionally set in a in a specific direction if it's metal music it's high drive high energy it can generate excitement it can generate anger it can generate a lot of things in that direction if it's um more of a romantic and lustful beat or rhythm it can get you kind of feeling sexy you know if it's sad music it can get you feeling very melancholy uh, kind of depressed even really happy songs or or you think about how anthems work they have a uniting effect with the crowd around them and you get a, you get a song and, and there are certain song structures that work better for anthems And then all of a sudden you have unity in the crowd and they're all singing the same words and they're all of one mind. And that sets the emotional tone. It's very emotional music. So, I think that the music that people listen to first it sets their emotional tone and then it it has the words that are repeated. And again, like I said, at the very, I'll keep going back to the beginning. What's the intention behind it? The words are telling you what to do. The words are telling you what to think. The words are telling you what to behave, how to behave, uh, how to see the world. They're helping you shape your values. They're shaping your mind. These are suggestions. The lyrics to the song are crafted by a very well skilled musician. Because the musician wants you to think about things a certain way. It could be persuasive. The the musician wants you to feel a certain way. Sometimes they're just expressing their own emotions, but they're bringing you along for the ride. It's all intentional. It's intentional suggestions to the mind. And not everybody thinks about it as malicious or intentional hypnotism. (laughs) But especially very repetitive songs... They have a hypnotic effect, and so you have a dual a dual situation here right now. you have the emotional element, you have the repetition, and then you add this third element the the repetitive again suggestion, so it's like um multiplied folded into itself, you know the power of suggestion. And your mind is being hit with all three of these things at the same time. And it's just a constant bombarding of the words. And depending on how well trained the artist is, the musician, we call them artists, how well trained the the musician is and how how good they are at crafting their message, they can persuade you or make you believe whatever the message is, whatever the suggestion is. And so it, it gets you to believe that you need to go out and hook up with somebody or that you want to get into a fight or that the world just sucks and you're sad and depressed or everything's great and you're just ready to have a good time like these suggestions are real and they help you shape your mood they can it can shape your whole day they can shape your focus like you think about motivational workout playlists these were these these songs are intentionally crafted to make you feel like you need to push an extra step in order to obtain your goal and just go a little further and it gets you worked up. That's the intention of these songs and that's how they work. Now, I've always understood music that way, but at the beginning of this uh, article that is uh, from other, what is this? Otherworldlyoracle.com so you already know where they're going. The opening paragraph, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. This is like a Wiccan blog or something. Hang on. Where is that article? Flood, a brief history. Flood magazine. I believe this is the one. Nope. Where is my... So there's an article about the brief history of, of uh, witchcraft in music. The Highland Manifest one. That one didn't really help me. Uh, Inside Conversion Tag. Magical. I felt like there was another article I had pulled up. And I think I might have accidentally closed it. But his opening line is that music used to be considered a high form of magic. That was his opening line. And he had my attention there. Let me go to my Telegram real quick. Because I did post some of these in the Telegram. Uh, some of them are under faith some of them are under music and so let me i hate to i hate to slow down where i was going with this i just don't want to just blurt everything out and just have it be like okay that's the cbn article this is tiktok um odyssey odyssey online that's what it was yeah i closed this by accident it's 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 in my telegram under faith and it's literally titled songs or spells now, in this article, I don't know if this is just like an info bucket type thing. It says uh, lifestyle, well, and there's a lot of different uh, themes and stuff for this. And I think they have just multiple writers who are like earning money per click. This article makes a lot of assertions and it, it basically says the same things I was saying about how music can shape your emotions and everything. But then it just asserts and decides that that means that they're spells, and it doesn't really give a whole lot of insight as to why. So I'm not sure exactly how how much of a, a resource this was, but it struck me, you know, music being considered a form of high a high form of magic. So we'll go back to this occultic site, and it says, what's something do you like?" Do we all like that has magical origins? Music. Do you use music magic in your practice? Have you ever tried casting spells with music... ...or setting the ambiance for ritual music? In this article, we'll explore music magic... ...and how to use energies of our music... ...in our witchcraft. And it's literally a tutorial-style guide of... ...have you thought about doing this... ...and have you tried that? Um, written for witches... ...and people who practice witchcraft... Using magic all the way down to giving suggestions about specific types of songs to use, um it's used as an aid to set the tone, to set the mood, to get the mind focused for casting spells. That's the whole goal for this article now the The reason I keep coming back to this to this idea is because when I was looking into modern worship music. Especially the soaking type variety. It was really interesting to me. I didn't have much of a understanding of where it came from or how it was being used. And when I started noticing that the IHOP style of Christian worship was very much like New Age. And I was, the more I saw those similarities, the more I wanted to know about it. I started reading about self-hypnotism. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember how I got on that subject, but I started reading about self-hypnotism and they kept reinforcing this uh, this concept of repetitive music and repetition of ideas or phrases or words. And it very much reminds me of spellcasting. I think those are two two sides of the same coin. Like I said, in our modern society, I think what we do is we rename things, we recast things in a different light, and we take the magic or the spiritual element out of it, or we at least attempt to, and then we just decide that it's a type of science. So, oh, it's not magic, it's psychology. But hypnotism is still hypnotism, no matter what it what you call it. That's what it is. Um, and we see that if you listen to modern Christian worship the repetitive collective 24-hour type style stuff it's just repeating the same phrase over and over and over and over and over and sometimes the phrases don't make any sense to the like to the goal of the christian they're just repeated phrases and then you have people repeating these phrases they're in a collective state they're getting themselves worked into a frenzy kind of and they're 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 hypnotized. A lot of people mistake that for worship. When really it's just a collective hypnotism session. Uh, This article suggested drum circles. It's one of the things I always felt was weird, drum circles. Like why drum circles is a good way of getting your mind set for that hypnotism. It's really important to understand The setting of your mind for that because when you're just in the zone when you're relaxed you're you're ready for those suggestions and those suggestions again shape your reality you look at a lot of the the themes of of hip-hop and they're destructive man and it wasn't always that way Uh, I see real in his videos he he does two short videos. one's 20 minutes one's about 10 minutes he talks about how queen latifah had a song about calling women out of their name calling them the b word and how that was like the at one time the worst thing that you could call a woman especially a black woman because that was that was a culture and then how over time they started changing the meaning of the word and through the power of suggestion in hip-hop along with some other things the industry offers they changed the b word to be a positive thing and then now they just women just call each other that and men just call women that all the time and it's not and it still holds that same negative power in my mind like even when I swore and used that kind of language I never called women that name I always felt like that was the highest form of insult you know and so planting these ideas in people's minds is very easily done through music so let's let's look at the industry side of it because I told you guys about I don't know if I talked about that but I'm going to keep adding some things to this formula until you start to see a picture so first you start with the the artist and the label and that relationship artists sometimes have dozens of writers for a song you can have 14 people 15, 20 people on a song writing that song because it's carefully carefully crafted to a professional level, everything has to be the highest quality, top notch, trendiest, most widely accepted form of music possible. And so they have this artist, and you have people telling him what to do, telling him how to dress, telling him how, what to say, how to talk, how to behave, where to, part, where to party, when to party, you know, the, the everything, every aspect of your life. Is directed to them by someone else, and I and I believe that there's that they're doing this is because they're fault they're they're shaping you into a mold. Um, you have so many archetypes of a, of a certain kind of guy. Like you think about what Sean Puffy Combs looks like, and then you think about how many an Usher looks like the same way. It's just you know, black guy with a clean haircut and sunglasses and a motorcycle jacket, and he's just a cool guy. Think about Mace, you know, from the nineties. He had that low haircut, the the, the sunglasses. You think about our, I hate to say, R. Kelly. He had that same kind of look to him, but that was a different situation. But so many guys have the same look. So many, so many pop stars. They just turn into this fit, you know, physically fit Barbie bodied blonde hair, party girl, basically Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera is like what they what their final form turns into. And the industry shapes dozens, like hundreds of artists into these directions. And you have these archetypes, really. You have the artists look and act and behave a certain way, talk a certain way, and then they make a certain kind of music. And it's just, we we call it marketing, but I think it's more than that. I think it's molding. I think it's casting. It's, it's casting someone into a mold. The analogy that I I like to use is that of a magician. So let's look at the artist as a magician. You have all these people shaping this person's life, molding them into a magician. And then when he comes out on stage, you know what a magician looks like. You know what to expect from a, from a magician. You're expecting him to change the color of the flowers and to pull a rabbit out of the hat and do some card tricks. And when he doesn't, you're really disappointed. You're like, why didn't he do the things that he was supposed to do? He looks the part. He talks the part. This is this is a magic show. Why didn't he do the the, the magic tricks? That's what artists are being are like. I think they're being shaped into the mold of the god that they represent, and they don't really know it. That's just a speculation on my part, though. And so. The, these people they they look a certain way, act a certain way or whatever, and then the public gets accustomed to accepting suggestions and messages from that archetype. So if you look like that guy, you're cool and, and you act like and they re, and they under, they respect you and they trust you, then they drop their guard and they're open to it. You know, like if you're at a club and you're having some beers and you're relaxed. And you're just, you're just there like you get your mind primed for this before you even get to the club. You're just, just here to have a good time, you have alcohol to kind of numb your senses, drop your guard, and then you start opening yourself up to these suggestions that you normally they don't even fit your personality just the lyrics of the song is telling y'all kind of nasty stuff to do and how to think and where to you know what you want to do and and you're just taking all these suggestions in because you trust the artist you trust the environment you're relaxed you're with friends you want to fit in it starts to shape who you are that is the spell that is the spell that's how the spell works it's not just Lyrics in a song. It's not just a repetitive beat. It's not just hypnotism. It's not just suggestive lyrics or changing the meanings of words or in you know getting people to be desensitized to certain ideas. It's the entire process, who it's coming from and what they look and why you accept it from one person or one type of person, where you wouldn't accept it from a different kind of person. You know, if a guy comes out to rap and he's wearing, like, a janitor suit, you're gonna look at him like you don't really trust him the same way you trust the guy with all the high, you know, high-priced jeans and sneakers and jacket and stuff. You trust that the guy with the high-priced jeans and jacket is what he has to say holds more value than the guy who's dressed like a janitor for some reason or who's just pulling some weird gimmick. Now, the guy who's pulling a weird gimmick... He might have a totally different angle, you know. That's how we get juggalos and stuff. That's how we get these weird type horrorcore horror rap. And, then, and that's how they dress. And that appeals to a different mindset, a different type of spirit. But, like I said, I think these people are are cast into the mold of the God that they represent. Now, the God that they represent, in my opinion, are just demons. But these demons, they... They come attached to these artists already. They give the artists ideas. They they pl- they help them be creative. They they gift things to the artist. And I'm, depending on what the relationship is with that person and the demon, you know they might they might know. I am just really inspired, and I just I get these ideas. Or you might have a situation with um with like artists that are intentionally communing with a demon. Um, Mars Volta. There's a story about how Mars Volta found this weird Ouija board and that they were using it to write lyrics to songs and things. And this, and this demon from the other side was giving them lyrics to songs. And, and it was starting to affect, have weird effects in their life and in the world around them because they were casting spells through a demon. Now, when the, when the spirit gets behind the music, then everything else is primed already people are primed they're ready for suggestion but there's a supernatural element that comes in through the song and then suddenly it has a a much greater amount of power and it's demonic power one of the things i look at is um what's her name ellie not ellie golding um ellie golding is a good example Ellie Goulding used to be this, like, love song, hippie-looking writer. She, she was kind of like this R&B hippie who played acoustic guitar. And I think she had dreads for a while. No, she, and then all of a sudden, she looks like your average lusty pop star, and that's all she sings about is, like, love songs, lusty songs, and she's used for Fifty Shades of Grey and stuff. It's way out of the sphere and the lane that she was in, but it fits the female blonde bar you know barbie bodied pop star archetype they just molded her into something else but that's not who i was looking at it's um Billie eilish is the name i was looking at <sighs> something about Billie eilish's music made my skin crawl when i first heard it and it also bothered me how catchy it was how well crafted the songs were and it to me felt literally like spells were being cast over me and there there was a song, it was stuck in my head for days, and I could not get this dumb song out of my head. And and for the most part, I didn't even really know what the song was saying, so I couldn't repeat the words. But that's another aspect, is that a really well-crafted song will have you repeating the words. So not only are you hearing these nasty ideas that you normally wouldn't think yourself, but you're repeating these things to yourself, which we talked about Earlier, that's what the Wiccan blogs suggest that you do in your witchcraft: is repeat these phrases to yourself. The New Age groups repeat these things to yourself until you start to believe it. The songs have you repeating the spell that was cast on you. Now, if if the spell was crafted by a demon, then it was cast on you, and you got it stuck in your head. Then you start thinking that. Then you start repeating that. Then you start believing that, and before long, you start acting it out. And that's the final form of what the music does. And then you seek out more music like it, and inevitably, you're probably going to find yourself reattached to the same spirits that were feeding you this in the first place. And I think that's the trick of the industry and the enemy. You know, that's that's the secret behind industry success. A lot of people think like, oh, you just have to be high quality, you have to be good, let me give you an example of why I don't think that's true. Everybody is, in the Christian circles are familiar with the band Skillet. Um, Skillet had a hit on regular rock radio called I Feel Like a Monster. Um, and they proved that they have the talent. They have the quality. They have the look. They have the style, and they've proven that, not just by having a hit song on the radio, but every other Christian band in that vein is just doing what Skillet's doing. Skillet's been through a lot of different transformations over the years, and all the other bands are just, like, trying to be like Skillet. Skillet has the funding, you know, they have everything right. They're professional. And John Cooper came out with this uh, really political album that my wife wants, and I like some of the songs I've heard on it or whatever, but as much as we like Skillet, Skillet isn't stuck in your head like a song that's formed as a spell. Because they're dressed like magicians, but they're not casting spells. And so you don't you don't tend to find Skillet fans everywhere you go. You don't just hear that all over Christian radio, oh, now we're going to play Skillet. You know, because that... that Privilege is reserved for magicians who cast spells so when you think about even on christian radio um when you when you think about these artists that just sing these songs that are just they, they think it's just a catchy phrase but it's it's more than that some of them are just catchy phrases but i think the difference between very skilled talented artists who are indistinguishably good as and as good if not better than top-tier mainstream artists and headlining mainstream artists. The only difference, I think, is the spiritual element behind what they're doing. Because God doesn't forcibly cast spells on people. And so you have songs that are catchy, but it doesn't hook you the same way as a song that is a spell. That's been crafted by a demon. You you want to get a song out of your head. It, these songs that bring you closer to God. They, they make you feel better. You sing them. They help you you know stabilize your mood. And, and focus your attention on God. And how good the world is. And stuff like that. They're very helpful. They're very powerful. But they don't, they don't haunt you. Like spells do. And that's why I think you can't get a lot of this stuff out of your head. And, and with Skillet, like, they're dressed like magicians, but they're not casting spells. So it's like, they're not, no, they're one of the biggest bands, one of the biggest Christian bands in the world. And I got mad respect for them. But when I think about Skillet, it, I think about somebody who's doing everything right, and yet they can't get the industry success that a band like Skillet should have, should have. Because they're doing everything right, they're already there. but the top but the but the fact that they're not up there with like a slipknot or something like you know something is not in tune with the rest of the world. But I can't remember the words of a skillet song I heard. i I listen to a whole album and I just don't remember the words. They don't stick with me like that. They don't haunt me like that and I think it's because they're not spells. It's not because they're not good. I hear good, good, and great music all the time, but then there's that, that, that stuff that just makes your soul feel dirty. You f- I can feel it in my spirit. It's like this is evil. And then you have these, these artists who, also like they just get wildly famous, and they haven't really done anything. I just found out about this this Doja Cat. Who has a song on the charts or whatever and like she's a demon. She's just she's just a demon. And I think that's a word that I'm gonna start using a lot more loosely. Like you look at the Bible saying that uh the ain't the word angel has two meanings. It's the heavenly divine beings and then it's a messenger. Why can't demon be used that way? They're messengers of evil, they're harbingers of evil, they're that's what they are, they're just demons they're Satan they're, they're the embodiment of Satan they're working for Satan they're doing Satan's work so I'm just gonna st- I'm just gonna start calling those people demons because that's what they're that's what they are that's what they're doing and the industry loves people like that these are these young folks that when they when they say they sell their soul I don't know how deep that goes but they're willing to do the work of the devil and just become a demon in order to be famous for a few minutes because in three generations these people are not going to be remembered and they're up on their own stage and they're causing people to sin and they're causing a lot of grief and harm to the world because they're chasing industry success i mean it just it really blows my the older i get the and the, the more it blows my mind what people are willing to do for industry success it's not just success it's not having fans it's not having a thousand fans who rock with you and that's enough to support all of your projects. It's not about monetary success. It's about industry success. They want the Grammys. They want to be on the Super Bowl. They want to be on the big stages and like that. You know, they want the number one radio hit and they want to be the number one video. And I can understand those desires and wanting to be a forefront leader in the culture. I think that's natural. But You take, again, let's go back to Skillet. They have enough fans that they are financially set for the rest of their career. And they make top quality music. And so they don't have anything to worry about other than making their fans happy. And making more music that their fans are going to be happy with. Like that's that's the natural relationship for industry artists or for, you know, a career musician. Let's say that. And you can be a career musician without chasing industry success, but it seems like the industry it's not there for you like you might be brilliant you might be great oh, that's fine you're brilliant you're a great songwriter they don't want your songs they want you to cast their spells because they have an agenda in mind they have the industry set up and they're just looking for someone to who's going be who's going to easily obtain the, the the trust of fans and to be a vessel for their spells. Because once you have the trust of the fans, then people are going to trust you for more. You you know, they heard a song that they like from you. And so when you come out with a new song, they're willing to listen to it. And so you're going to be a good vessel for more spells over and over again. Every time the industry has a spell they want to send your way and can cast through you and they want to cast this spell to on people... They can just use you because the, because people trust you. And then they come to you and their defenses are lowered and then enter the repetition, the suggestion, um, and then the, ca- the ca- counter repetition where they're singing it and repeating it in their head and they're playing the song over and over again and they're just casting spells, man. So that's the concept. Songs are spells, even in the Christian realm. Um, and I think that's why it doesn't work when this is the last thing I'll say. I think this is why it doesn't work when Christian artists remix secular music, because what you're doing is you take everything we just talked about, all of that energy that goes into creating these songs. And then you're going to take, not only remove the suggestion, but you're going to subvert that song and make it about Christ. So you're going to knock the God of that song off his platform then put Christ on his platform. They're going to hate that. But also people are going to hate that because people don't like when you knock down their gods. They don't. They people don't like when you knock down their gods. And you can tell that's when what you've done when it's never good enough. It's never okay. It's never acceptable. It's not even not even like, "Oh, let's see, this could be fun." No, none of that. That's their god and they don't want you replacing him with someone else. And a lot of times, it's, it's, not, it's not so much that they don't want you replacing your God with someone else. They don't want you replacing your God with Christ. Because they might be willing to hear a different message from a different person over the same beat as long as it fits their proclivities. As long as it allows them to continue to live this degenerate life that satisfies the spell casting that they've already fallen into. Because eventually people just want to feel like that. That's what they want. And so you have a lot of fans, even in Christian music, Christian music fans that want to feel sexy. They want to feel angry. They want to feel depressed. They want to feel lost and sad and lonely. They want to feel tough and and, and you're the tough guy from the street and full of pride. They want to revel in decadence. That's what they want. That's why they're playing that music. And so when you come along and you take that message and then you put Christ there instead, they're not going to be satisfied with that. They're going to be angered by it. They're going to be very upset with that. Now, that's that's to be expected. Could it work in convicting somebody and changing them suddenly? Yes, God can work through anything. God, God works how he wants to work. Um, if God wanted to, he could just replace every porn video with a sermon and then people would just be converted instantly. But they would more likely just be upset because they're looking for porn and instead they got a sermon. You know, that's what, that, that's the kind of thing we're talking about. Supplanting and subverting gods with your remixes and stuff. So that's, that's something that we talk about on the 520 Collective show. Um, that episode hasn't come out yet. I'll let you know when it's released. But... Now I kick it back to you, man. I want to know what you think. Not our song Spells, but I want I want to know your thoughts on this whole process that I'm putting out there. And if it changes the way that you look at the music industry, has it changed the way you look at music? Does it make you not want to do music or to do music differently if you're a musician? I know for me, um, I am very careful about what songs I embrace and what messages I embrace, um, because I'm I I'm very open to the, the very wide and robust range of emotions that people experience, and sometimes we get angry, sometimes we get sad, sometimes we're fearful, sometimes we're uncertain, sometimes we have these emotions, and they need to be expressed. Now, obviously, I think everything should be expressed and a godly way or a god honoring way and if they can't be expressed in a godly or god honoring way they should at least not be sinful and so what i seek to do is just find songs find music that i like that fits those emotions that i can just vibe to and make some cool stuff just just make some cool music um and then when it's when it's time to worship i want to be able to do that too I do it all from a Christian worldview. I don't. I don't ever want there to not be room for God in what I'm doing. I don't want that to be jarring, you know. Like I don't want people to come into my space and be comfortable with sin. That that shouldn't be happening. I don't know if that means I need to be convicting all the time, but I don't want to have my space be a safe space for a sinful lifestyle. Like we all have our struggles. I get it but I don't I'm not encouraging whatever you're struggling with uh, that's not my goal. So, you've been listening to the to, you've been listening to the Zero for Higher Podcast. Um it's very late and this is the second part of uh, music is magic. I'll put that up tonight. i uh, really excited to hear what you guys think about it. Uh value for value, guys, don't forget and look at the links of the show notes and um We have a donation, whatever you, whatever value you got out of this, I'd like you to return the value in some way. So obviously it would be a monetary donation. That would be one of the better ways to help out with the show right now as we're building things. Um, We have a Stripe account. We have a cash app that's right down there in the, in the links. And if you know what this is worth to you, send that to the show. That's what I'm asking. If there uh, are other opportunities where you feel like you want to help me grow the show, you want to get involved in the production or, you know, things like that, time, talent, and treasure, those doors are open and those those terms are not very clearly defined right now. But just how we have somebody working on the website, you might be a type of person that's like, hey, I want to help you moderate and facilitate some conversations. Hey, I'll send you some links for some cool articles of things that might be worth talking about and you can send that stuff to the telegram group. become a part of our Ke- telegram group at zero talks. Um, and then we'll have a members only chat at some point. These are These are all things that are open. that's value for value. Whatever you whatever you got, send that back to the show. you know it's just like seven bucks a month for Netflix or whatever. and, and for, for this show, it could be sending me some articles. I um, I wanted to talk about the Titan situation. I think I'm going to wait until tomorrow because I'm a little bit tired. But, you know, that whole submarine that disappeared and there's some other stuff around it. Oh my goodness, I'm very tired. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm going to end it now because it's it's very late. Um, Thanks for listening. Again, your feedback on the music is magic and uh, I'm going to stop rambling. Okay, bye.